0: inhuman the monster of cleveland is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics including violence and abuse this podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences listener discretion is advised Uh, okay now it's recording it okay. wasn't
1: recording before. Okay. <laughs> I like don't know what to say. Okay. Hey guys, it's Andrea. And Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, the monster of Cleveland. So today is we're recording on a Wednesday. And I'm really excited because if you're a YouTuber, you know this frustration. But I had a video. It was actually my Disney vlog from last year. It had a copyright claim on it because I used – or I didn't even use a copyrighted song. Well, I did, but it was like from a ride, like the Frozen ride. right, right. And for the last year, I have been trying to edit out that portion of the video. And finally today, after two days of trying to edit it out, I finally got it and my video is monetized again. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, so – that's my uh rose of the day. How was your day today?
0: My day was good. I am in a ton of pain with my nail. Um I put a little band-aid on it. I almost got it off, but basically <laughs> no, I got acrylic nails and I was taking them off and one of them like I don't know what is going on with it, but it is so painful like I can't even touch it. So I've been soaking it in acetone, and that seems to be helping, so I need to just keep doing that. But other than that, my day has been wonderful, Um, and we're having pizza for dinner, so I am pumped. We're having, like, the Trader Joe's pizza crust, which is so freaking good.
1: I know. I saw your... I watched your Trader Trader Joe's haul today, and I was having uh, FOMO because I wanted all of the things. (laughs)
0: I know. You need to go now. I it's, do. I freaking love Trader Joe's. It's
1: just far from my house. Like, it's over. It's probably, like, 40 minutes from my house. And I just Ooh, yeah. don't want to do all that most most weeks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a drive. That's not just, like, popping over to the grocery store.
1: Exactly. But I love Trader Joe's. They have they have good things. So, last week, uh, we discussed Gina's abduction. Yep. And we're going to kind of take you guys back a little bit. We're going to rewind back to the day that Amanda was taken and brought back to the House of Horrors, um, if you will. And I'm just going to kind of uh, tell, you know, Michelle's perspective and her side of how that timeline went um, And then, you know, Haley's going to chime in and just talk about like Amanda's perspective and things like that. So we're kind of going to be doing something a little different. We're going to kind of be bouncing back and forth a little bit um, just to give you guys a heads up if you're confused.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think so, I mean, all of the episodes so far have been from their individual perspectives, but obviously they were in the house together. And so at this point, there was you know, a little bit of interaction at first, but there was a significant amount of interaction, especially between Gina and Michelle. So that will be in next week's episode. Um, but we're going to do our best to kind of keep the timeline as cohesive as possible and not bounce back and forth too much. Um, right. And I think we've kind of figured it out and hopefully it all <laughs> makes sense. Um, but yeah, I feel like we just need to make sure that like, Andrea, if you have questions when I'm talking, ask because listeners probably have those questions and I'll do the same. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to read ahead like what you've written out so far (laughs) because I I want to actually like be surprised because I do, I do have questions, especially when it uh, pertains to the dynamic between Michelle and Amanda. That's always been a huge question mark for me. Um, Right. Because Michelle doesn't talk about anything really like anything really about her relationship with with Amanda, like good or bad. And she doesn't um like to speak about how they like the three of them, their dynamic after they were rescued. So yeah, I definitely have a right. lot of questions when it comes to <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not
0: gonna spoil anything because I'll get into this, but Amanda does talk a little bit about it and it's just like it's back to Castro being so freaking manipulative mm-hmm. and that's all I'll say for now because I'll get into it but yeah it's oh it's so frustrating
1: yeah but you know I can't Im- I can't honestly I can't even fathom like what I would do in that situation I would you know you'd probably be the exact same way because you're being fed right. things and that's all you know
0: right exactly
1: Okay, so like I was saying, let's rewind back to the day that Amanda was taken and brought to Castro's house. Um, As I mentioned before, Amanda knew, or excuse me, Michelle knew Amanda from school. Um, They had had an art class together, and she also knew, she also knew in her gut that Castro had taken her once she saw the news broadcast about um, Amanda being missing, missing. I have a question about that. Because I didn't know until,
0: I guess it was two weeks ago, um, when that they were in school together. Does she ever like talk to Amanda about that?
1: Um, yeah, she actually does bring it up to her and I actually put that in the notes here, um, okay. about, I'm getting the head, when... sorry, no, that's okay. Um, but I will, yeah, I will cover that in just a moment. So okay. it's, it's brief, but it's brought up. Um, okay. So, you know, Michelle had been watching the news and saw that Amanda had been taken. And it was, you know, of course, April 21st, 2003. So um, after that, Michelle had been paying close attention to any new noises that um, were in the house, like any sign that Amanda could possibly be there. because She just knew in her gut that like another girl was there. And since it was Amanda, you know, being covered right. on the news, she just, you know, it's kind of obvious, but you put two and two together. Right. Um, so it actually took a few weeks, but then one day Castro started blasting his music, um, and just as he had done with Michelle, and she knew right away that he most likely had Amanda down in the basement. Um, god, yeah. So one afternoon, Castro came into Michelle's room and he told her that he had brought someone new into the house and he wanted Michelle to meet her. Michelle was really upset she was furious because she couldn't understand why he was ru- ruining another person's life um because in her mind of course she thought that her life being ruined was enough um so she just bucked up to him and asked him I know you took Amanda Berry. I used to go to school with her I recognize her and it actually wow. took cash yeah it actually took Castro by surprise because I don't think he really thought that she would have the balls basically to say that and that she would be so um, like smart to put that together. But I mean, like I said, it wouldn't be too difficult to assume something right. like that.
0: And I also feel like Castro thought she was like not smart and like dumb and you know, just like whatever. So he probably didn't expect her to, figure it out which is like annoying because obviously she's gonna figure it out and he was probably like annoyed when she did
1: right exactly because he thinks he's so fucking smart and he's like yeah i mean he in in some ways he was because he got away with this for 10 plus years yeah Um, but as far as like being intelligent or educated i would say he is far from it so you know, Casher was surprised and he was asking Michelle how she knew and she told him, well, you know, it's all over the news. Um, he was quiet for a while and he just kind of sat there and looked at Michelle and then he finally just said, it's not Amanda and he left the room. So the next day was when he moved Michelle from the blue room back to the pink room. Um, and when she arrived in that room, there were more chains and there was like trash like food trash all over the floor she actually stated in her book that it looked like he was eating in that room like every single day that's how much trash that there was yeah that's nasty I know like how do you not have enough human decency to just pick up your you know your food trash like do you want rats and (laughs) roaches? that's disgusting um and of course as I mentioned in Michelle's episode, um, she, you know, all the windows were boarded up in that room as well. So at that time, Castro also took Michelle's TV, telling her that he was going to give it to Amanda. So now I guess Amanda is, exists. Right. So he like,
0: was like, no, no, it's not her. It's not her. And then he was like, oh, but I'm giving this to Amanda. No, that's Ex- ridiculous. Yeah, exactly.
1: So yeah, he's an idiot. Um. So she heard him like making a lot of noise in the adjacent room, which was the white room, and thought that he must be getting ready to move Amanda in there. Um Later on, he brought Michelle another TV. It was a much tinier TV that was black and white and had bunny ears. Which I don't know if you ever had bunny ears growing up, but like yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a struggle bus in of itself. So right, I feel for I Michelle that also. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I feel like that also plays into how, like, he really saw Amanda as, like, his wife, and he saw Michelle more as his prisoner, I feel like, because he yeah. was, like, getting the nicer thing for Amanda
1: and giving Michelle, like, the trash. Right, so right out of the gate, he's already set that up Yeah. For that, for that jealousy wow. to occur, because, I mean, it's natural, like, you know, you have a TV and then the next day you don't have it. And then you were brought like a much, you know, less nice TV. And, you know, I'm sure that affected Michelle. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the following day he took Michelle out of her chains and moments later, he brought Amanda into her room. Michelle still nude at the time, nervously grasped at the tiny blanket that she had to try to cover her naked body Castro was amused by this and he said to her she's got the same thing that you do and basically like called her an idiot so he then introduced Amanda as his brother's girlfriend which again what a moronic dumbass because Michelle already told him that she saw Amanda's picture on the tv right right so it's
0: like he thinks that she's dumb and thinks that he i think he truly believed that she would believe him
1: yeah i think i think so as well um a few minutes later he took amanda and left and michelle began to feel really sorry for um, amanda because you know she had already been there for a year she knew what amanda was about to endure
0: oh that's so heartbreaking like knowing that like Michelle knowing that she there's nothing she can do to like stop him because she has no way of doing anything but knowing
1: what she was about to go through and she said she stated in her book um I can't remember the exact quote but she said something along the lines of she felt like she had to protect these girls because she was the older one and like she felt like the big sister like having to protect her siblings but there was literally, like, nothing that she could do. It was just like, right. a lost
0: cause. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Okay, so this little... I'm assuming this is the same incident that Amanda talked about in her book because it was the first time that they, like, actually saw each other. So I'm assuming that what you just talked about is this same thing. Um. And so it was 10 days after Amanda's abduction. So she had been there for just over a week. And she remembered, like castro brought her into the hallway and said we have to clean up my roommate's room and if you remember from amanda's episode this was the same quote-unquote roommate that amanda saw through the doorknob when castro was like oh yeah my roommate's sleeping in there take a look through the doorknob like the hole where the doorknob's supposed to be and amanda was like okay that's weird and so he was still calling her calling michelle his roommate which is annoying um And Amanda had been thinking about her, like, wondering if she was actually a roommate or if it was, like, somebody else being held by him. Because, you know, these girls are smart. They're not dumb and going to fall for Castro's stupid, like, not even tricks, but just him trying to to write it off. Like, they're not going to fall for that. Um, And so when they went out into the hallway towards her room she noticed that the door was locked from the outside and she knew immediately that she was a captive. So um, Amanda went into the room and she didn't notice anything other than that. The girl looked like she was in a daze um, and was just sitting on the bed under some blankets. Um, And so she, you know, she knew at that point that she was being held captive. And so, Castro again was like this is my roommate and then introduced Amanda to Michelle and they both kind of said hi but then kept quiet the rest of the time because Castro was there and they were terrified of him obviously right and he made Amanda clean up the room wow. and so that was like from Amanda's perspective that's what happened and then eventually he was like all right we're done
1: and brought her out interesting so did yeah. she ever did she ever mention that Michelle was in there nude or was it just not talked mm-hmm. about? Okay.
0: She didn't mention it. I mean, I'm sure she noticed, but, yeah, you know, she was, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if she ever talks about if she was nude or not, like how he was holding her. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, I can't remember. And so, but she probably was like trying not to look and trying to be like as respectful as possible, knowing that this girl was like also being held
1: captive. Right. And I feel like um, him making Michelle be naked for that long period of time, I feel like that was just more punishment for the fact that she wasn't, like, a younger girl like he thought she was. Mm, Interesting, yeah. That's just my uh, (laughs) psycho (laughs) analysis.
0: I mean, he definitely, like, that's definitely a form of, like, getting uh, control over somebody. Because, you know, when you're naked, you're like the most exposed and that definitely was like his way. Yeah, exactly.
1: I I, I will say it again. I cannot imagine. I just can't. I try to sometimes when I'm driving in my car, I'll just try to like, which is not good, but I just try to like put myself in that position and like think about things that I might say or things that I might do or whatever. And I just like I just physically my brain will not allow me to do it. Like, mentally, it will not allow me to do it. It's crazy. I know. Okay. So now we're going to jump back to Michelle's um, telling of the story. And it is now the next day. Sorry, I just made a noise. Um, It's now the next day. And Castro brought Michelle into the white room where Amanda sat, chained to the bed. Um, Castro had left for a moment to grab something out of the closet in the pink room. And Michelle spoke to Amanda, saying... I remember you from high school. You were in my art class. Amanda responded. Yes. I went to John Marshall. High." Michelle nodded, but she wasn't sure if Amanda remembered her. Um, And she also didn't want to be too loud because she didn't want to get in trouble by Castro for talking, even though like he didn't tell them specifically not to talk. Um, Amanda then asked Michelle how old she was. And Michelle told her she was 22 because she had actually heard on the radio that um, her birthday had recently passed, which is like, just so sad. Um, And Michelle or Amanda told Michelle that she only looked about 13, which made me chuckle because she did look really young. And I'm sure Kasia thought the same thing. It's very shocking to know that she was actually, actually a 22 year old woman and not like a child.
0: Right. Especially after being like, not completely starved. But you know, she obviously hadn't been able to clean herself very much. And she was naked and like, probably even smaller than normal. So like, I could totally see how she would look so young.
1: Yeah, she said, I can't remember. Well, you know, she was four seven. And I think by the time she left the house, she was 80 pounds.
0: Oh my god or
1: 82 pounds something like that i can't remember exactly but it was it was i mean teeny tiny you know yeah castro finally returned and he had finally brought michelle a long white t-shirt to put on um and then he led her back to her room she didn't know it at the time but that would be the last time for a very long time that she and uh, that she and amanda would see or talk to one another
0: that's so like random he just brought her into amanda's room and then like went and got a t-shirt and then brought her back i wonder if he was like trying to show amanda like look i'm like being a nice guy yeah Yeah, exactly I, i
1: absolutely think that absolutely disgusting i know often michelle would hear castro take amanda downstairs um you know assuming that he was taking her to his bedroom And she would pray that he wasn't doing the same awful things that he had done to her. A few times after he abducted Amanda, he would bring the two girls into the kitchen together. Um, They wouldn't really get an opportunity to speak much. They would say hi or give each other a quick hug, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, But it was like a, yeah, it was like a little gesture to say everything's going to be okay.
0: Right. Like even though this monster is here, it's like, you know, we were in the same. We're in this position, together. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, it was pretty apparent to Michelle that Castro didn't want the two girls together for too long, probably because he realized that they were gonna be smart and get the hell out of there. Um, right. But Michelle did wish that she had more time with Amanda, so she could like talk to her and they could like discuss. Because she was always curious, like what he did to get Amanda into the house since she never Mm. really got to talk to her um in the beginning. And I mean I that's I would want to know the same thing. Right. Um there was an instance where Castro had brought Michelle down to his bedroom and they were watching the TV and Amanda's mother was on there begging for Amanda to come home. Castro laughed and stated he was smarter than those quote dumb cops, unquote is it unquote yeah it's unquote (laughs) and how no one cared about or was looking for michelle which she already knew because she watched the news yeah but he like that was another you know tactic to make her feel even lesser than she was because no you know no one was looking for her
0: right it's so interesting how he saw them so differently like Mm -hmm. why what made it so that Michelle was more of his prisoner and Amanda was more of his wife like I wonder if Michelle had been younger if she had been treated differently because I feel like he got kind of mad after he found out that she wasn't like 15 but even that like what made it what
1: made them so different like I think there were a lot of factors honestly I think the age thing had something to do with it I think the fact that in his mind, and his eyes, um, uh, Amanda was the, you know, quote unquote, prettier one. She was mm. the younger one. Um, and also I think Michelle, like, I think she gave him more lip. <laughs> um, okay. And so he would kind of rough her up more because of that, which right. I mean, she knew, but she still did it. Because that's just, that was probably her character and her personality, so. Right um so a few months and i'm assuming it's about three months um after amanda was brought into the house and you can if you have anything to relate to the time frame feel free to yeah i don't think she um knew about this yeah okay so it was a few months after amanda was brought into the house michelle woke up one morning and she felt just sick plain and just plain sick. And she knew that it wasn't a cold or a bug. Um, She knew right away that she was pregnant. So at the time, part of her was terrified because she thought, I cannot have this monster's baby. I cannot have a baby in captivity. But another part of her was over the moon because she wanted nothing more than to have her sweet little Joey back. And this was the second best thing to that which is like so tragic and so heartbreaking. So one night after Castro assaulted Michelle, he noticed that she was leaking breast milk, which you can leak breast milk early in your pregnancy. Um, and he absolutely lost it. He started to scream at Michelle. He was calling her all kinds of names and he stormed out of the room furious. Um, Soon after, he began starving Michelle, um, hoping that she would lose the baby. This next part is a major trigger warning. Um, After two weeks of no food, he came into the room one evening with a barbell. He grabbed Michelle by her feet and dragged her to the edge of the bed and said, it's time to get rid of this little problem. Stand up, bitch. Michelle started wailing and he swung the barbell into her stomach and the next day Michelle lost the baby.
0: That's just... Yeah. yeah. On top of being held in captivity and then and being constantly assaulted and verbally and physically abused by this monster Mm -hmm. and then you have this like thing that is so terrifying but it's like something to look forward to and something to like hold on to and then he just the way he did that like i i can't imagine
1: it's his fault that she's fucking pregnant right like it's It's his his fucking fault. fault yeah exactly it's his fault she's pregnant and he's mad at her and then he Not only, you know, assaults her, rapes her, abuses her, but then he forcibly, you know, I don't even know, aborts the baby, for lack of better terminology. Like, it's just... And, like, was mad
0: at her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was, like, again, trying to blame her for something.
1: It's like, you're in control of that, buddy. Have you ever heard of the pull-out method? I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) gosh wow yeah
0: and that makes me even more mad and we've obviously said this before but knowing that he that amanda gets pregnant later on and he doesn't do that to her Mm -hmm. like again like they were just so different in his mind
1: and right and we'll discuss in later episodes like this is not the last pregnancy that michelle has so yeah yeah it's very it's vile and it's disturbing and it's just unacceptable and i don't yeah i don't understand the differences there um aside from what we have you know speculated but yeah not, it's messed up mhm
0: okay so um i think that that was kind of it from what you got from Michelle's book right yeah so from Amanda's perspective, she estimated that they probably saw each other about 10 times in the entire first year she was there. Wow. Um, so just like Andrea said, you know, they they did not interact a ton, um, probably because Castro didn't want them to be able to, like, be nice with each other and scheme and whatever formulate
1: a escape plan. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Um, and it this gets so aggravating because Castro was manipulating them not only like treating them differently but i'm going to talk about some of the things that he would say to Amanda to manipulate her into thinking that Michelle was like not a good person or whatever and it just makes me so mad because it's like it's so hard because like Amanda how do you how do you not believe it like even though you know that he's a liar. It's also like he's your the one that controls literally everything about your life. And like, if he's telling you something, how do you not believe what he's saying?
1: Exactly. And I think he did this more to Amanda because yeah. he was younger. I really think that, that that was a factor. And also Michelle just like was his whipping post you know and so he didn't really need to he didn't want to make her jealous he didn't need to make her jealous but he wanted and needed to make Amanda jealous that's
0: so true yeah and he like it's almost like he knew that I think also Amanda didn't like talk back to him as much or not necessarily talk back isn't the right word but like Michelle was more likely to be like no that you're lying to me whereas Amanda like yeah, was so scared that she just didn't do that right um, especially at first so he knew that and took advantage of it yep so castro was like constantly telling amanda that michelle was happy and that she was there by choice and that her family was paying him to give her a place to live uh-huh. um, so again trying to make amanda jealous Mm -hmm. um and amanda basically said she didn't know what was the truth but castro never gave them much chance to talk as you described so she couldn't ever ask her so i don't think she fully believed it but she also was like well i don't i have no way of knowing otherwise right um one time when they were in the kitchen together castro went into the other room and amanda told michelle her name and michelle was like yeah i know i've seen you on the news but then castro came back so, again, they couldn't have much conversation. Right. And here is a prime example of how, like, calculated he was with this manipulation. Um, one day, he told Amanda that Michelle said that Amanda was making too much noise. And he angrily was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you making so much noise that Michelle is complaining? Which I'm I'm pretty sure Michelle did not say that. Right. Um, but Amanda said, and this is going to be directly from her book quote i'm sitting here watching tv what noise could i be making when i stand up to pee maybe she can hear my chains does she have her ear to my wall i'm not making noise why is she telling him lies about me end quote so it's just his way of like turning them against each other and like ensuring that they're not gonna
1: come together against right yeah and also it's like like, i wonder if he wanted to try to like maybe he heard her making noise and he was trying to figure out what the hell are you doing up here and he again thinks that she's too stupid to figure out that you know whatever and so he tried to pin it all on michelle right i could see that too yeah um
0: so, yeah, I'm guessing Michelle never said that, one, because why would she? Like, she would have no reason to. Right. And two, I doubt that they could even hear each other because the radio was always going, like, and they could not move a ton. So other than the TV being on, I doubt that they could hear each other. Yeah. So this was clearly his way of manipulating them, trying to turn them against each other. And I know that more of this happened later when michelle and gina were together and then like he was really trying to pit them and amanda against each other Mm -hmm. um so we'll talk about that more but it really just shows how fucking sick he was like
1: anything any straw he could grasp at he was grasping
0: oh yeah okay so now we are in april 2004 which was the month that gina was abducted On April 16th, which was about two weeks since Gina had been in the house, Amanda was downstairs and noticed that that weird box thing that was on top of the bed in the living room. And if you remember from Gina's episode, I talked about this, um, that he had built this weird, like, almost like crate box thing on top of a twin bed in the living room. And he would force Gina to lay in there with him. Um, And so when Amanda saw that she couldn't see inside of it, but she suspected that Gina was in there. And then four days later, Castro moved Amanda into a new room. And again, she suspected it was because he was going to put Gina into the other room. So she had seen Gina on the news and she had actually confronted Castro about it. And he didn't admit it just like he did to Michelle when she confronted cast him about amanda right um but he like like amanda was pretty sure that he did take gina because when she questioned him like he was basically like stay out of my business she could tell that he was clearly triggered by her asking and amanda knew him pretty well at this point considering she saw him literally every day for a year Mm -hmm. and so she was pretty damn sure that he had taken Gina. And that just made her, like, so sad and so sick. Um, You know, just like Michelle felt right. And Gina was even younger. So she was just, like, heartbroken all over again that somebody else was going through this. However, they didn't see each other for a little while. So it was all just speculation. And then the next month in May, Gina and Michelle met for the first time. And that is where we will be picking up next week.
1: Yes. And I actually really, like, it makes me sad that Gina and Michelle had each other and Amanda was alone because I felt like, I feel like it was, you know, part of their saving grace for their mental state. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I'm a little, obviously, because I read Michelle's book, I'm a little, like impartial and a little protective i guess over her <laughs> right so and like after everything she had been through like i'm just glad that he gave her gina i know that sounds weird but like i'm just glad that, I she like got that little bit you know
0: yeah and i feel like he almost like i feel like he just took gina because he had this sick obsession with her because he had been stalking her and like he just thought she was attractive which is ridiculous because she was 14 but like I feel like he didn't even like need her because he didn't assault her until like a few months in. So it wasn't like the other two girls where he immediately was like, you know, assaulting them and yelling at them and all this stuff. Like it was definitely different with Gina. So I feel like he almost like didn't need Gina. And so he put her and Michelle together because it was kind of like. Oh, there's no point in keeping them separate whereas amanda since he saw her as his like wife or however he saw her right it was like she's separate she doesn't need them whatever and it's like so heartbreaking that not only was amanda alone but then he was turning them against each other mm-hmm. like so amanda thought that the other two hated her and they thought the same thing about Amanda when in reality, it was just what he was telling them.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'm excited to get into, um, that episode next week because there's kind of like little glimmers of hope and like, you know, obviously we know that they escape. So again, it makes us all a lot easier to talk about knowing that they do get out and like, they're all alive and well. Um, But there's definitely like a lot of details in this next part that I think we'll cover in the next episode or two that I haven't really heard in other podcasts or things that I've seen. Um, And it's all pretty much coming from their books. Right. And so I think that we're going to cover a lot of stuff that hasn't been like told on a podcast before. Um, And I think that it's going to be a good episode.
1: I think so too. I think it's going to be really informative and definitely giving like you said a whole different you know telling of the story that hasn't been told before at least on anything that we've listened to or watched
0: right and I feel like it does get away I mean there's still obviously sexual abuse and all of this other stuff but I feel like it does kind of get away from that a little bit and it's more about their survival and what they did to get through this and what they, you know, what was right. going on with them versus what he was doing to them. Um so yeah, it's it's super interesting to me. Um and I like this is the reason I wanted to tell this story because of how strong these three are and like how they were able to get through this and I think that the next couple of episodes are really going to
1: get into that. Yeah. It's a it's a break from all the heavy somewhat (laughs)
0: yeah yeah all right you guys that is going to wrap up this week's episode um stay tuned for next week because it's going to be a good one and we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode thank you for listening
1: yes thank you guys so much for listening we appreciate all of your ratings and all of the things
0: (laughs) we really do it means the world to us
1: next time
0: on inhuman the monster of cleveland a few days later, Castro took Gina downstairs to fix Michelle's hair, and because she could tell Castro was in a good mood, Gina asked for some rubber bands and hair gel, and at this point, Gina was kind of able to tell when he was in a good mood, when he was in a bad mood, you know, when
1: she could and couldn't ask for things. And she would try and do everything in her power to protect Gina from this monster. Um, you know, she's like 14 years old. That's just... yeah. Horrible.
0: Later that month, Castro b- brought Gina to Amanda's room because both of their families were on America's Most Wanted, uh, and Castro wanted to watch with them. And, like, how narcissistic is that? Like, yeah. he wanted to watch them not be able to find them when he knew exactly where they
1: were. Right, and he, it's like he wanted to see their suffering. Like, they already are suffering, yeah. but he wanted to see, like, just another knife in the
0: back yeah eventually castro noticed how lonely gina was and decided to bring michelle into her room and i do not know what made him think to bring michelle in i think it was just because he wanted amanda to himself and was like she's my wife like i don't want them being friends we just want to thank you guys so much for listening To see key photos from this episode, along with some behind the scenes, follow us over on Instagram at inhuman underscore podcast.
1: If you're loving the podcast, let us know by subscribing and leaving us a review. It lets iTunes and other platforms see that you're enjoying our content so we can be discovered by new listeners. We can't wait to bring you next week's episode. Until then, keep it
0: human.